Good morning, everybody. It's incredible to be here. Did you notice when you came in today at the front, there's two plants and planter. You see them there? They were dead. But did you notice something this morning? There was a bloom. I was so excited. You remember when I brought those things in? I set them back here by the window, and they were in bad shape. I mean, you looked at them, and the leaves were falling off. You're thinking, how in the world? Do you see those things now? Oh, what we thought was dead. What we thought was dead, you see, this is what God can do in each one of our lives. I want to tell you today this. I want you to get it into your heart. Jesus absolutely loves you. I don't care what people say. I don't know how they use his name in vain. I want you to know today, Jesus Christ loves you. And in him, the Bible says, the way, the truth, and the... The way, the truth, and the... See, I love that. Because in him, in Christ Jesus, there's life. Now, it may not be blooms on trees. I was excited about that. That's just a reminder to me how good he is. He reminds me what he's doing in me. Even when I thought I was dead, he says, no, Jim, I've got plans for you. I want you to know today, your journey with Jesus starts with one decision. One decision. You have got to surrender your life. That's the hardest thing to do, especially when you get older. The older you get, the harder it gets. You must come to the cross and surrender it. And when you do, God, you've got it. I surrender my life to you. You know why you surrender? Because you recognize all the things you did wrong. There is a time in your life where you say, oh, my word, this is not what I thought I would be doing. This is not what I thought. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I need to get, I need to get it right. And you come before the cross, and Jesus waits. He says in his word, he knocks upon the heart of all men and women. He knocks, and he waits. He's a gentleman. And when it opens, he says, I will come in, and I will dine with you. Salvation starts with a decision. I don't care. Shut down everything what people have said. Shut down what people, the church, people have made it. I want you to know today, your life with Jesus starts with a decision now. And then after you say yes to Jesus, it starts with a decision daily. You must come to the, God, I choose today to serve you. I choose today to be in your word. I choose today to pray, and I choose to be used. You must do it daily. It says, die to this flesh. Now, I don't know about you. I'm kind of glad this flesh is going to go into the ground. Aren't you? I'm reminded when my foot got damaged last week or two weeks ago. I was reminded when I'm on the floor back, I was thrown up because of this dizziness. I'm reminded every single day that this tent is eventually going to be gone. And that's good news because then when you go to heaven, there's a new body for you. And it has nothing to do with this thing now. He's got goodness all over you and me. Do you know my son? He's, he's an adventurer. And you might look at that and snicker. I did when I looked outside. He said, no, daddy, don't look, don't see. He's covering my eyes. I don't want you to see this. And he gets me by the hand. He takes me. I said, don't look. Look down. So I'm looking down like this. <laughs> okay, I'm walking out there hand in hand with my son. He says, okay, now look. And I'm looking, and I see this thing. I see this thing. I don't know if it's a monster. I don't know. It's a cardboard mess. It's something. It's got little targets. He just got himself a slingshot for his birthday. And so you see a slingshot there. He's so proud. He's got his bullets and the little pellet things he shoots. And he made this thing. What a workmanship, don't you think? Quite, quite 
quite creative. Now, every one of those blocks, those blocks of things you shoot into, you get points. He says, now, Dad, you stay right there. I'm going to tell you how much you get. This right here, you get five points. You can only get one point here. And he starts to point out the points. And then he comes over and gives me a slingshot. And I got the little bullets. I aimed at that. And I didn't do all that good. That's okay. I did get some points. But what a masterpiece. What do you think? Now, now at the end of the day, are you going to tear that down? You're going to put it in the garage for the next day. And then the next day. I'm eventually, I'm going to think this thing. This is what I'm going to think. Eventually, he's going to create something that my car stays outside. <laughs> now, I've got to make a decision right then. Who am I going to honor? Am I going to honor my possessions? Or am I going to honor my son? We have that choice every single day. Now, I don't know about you. I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> Had my shots. He got his shots. I don't know who won. It doesn't matter. All I know is my son creates. How about you? You create? What have you been creating lately? What have you been putting together? What have you been doing for Jesus? My question to you today is this. Are you all in? Are you all in? Ask yourself the question. What does Jesus mean to you? Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And one would speak up, well, aren't you? They say, some say you're Elijah. Some say the prophet. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You see, the question starts in your life, who Jesus is. Who is he? You've got to make a decision. Who is he? Now, you call him all provider. He's everything. And you sing these songs where he better be. You cannot, who, who you make Jesus of in you, that's your potential. I don't know about you, I know, I know a Savior. Do you know a Savior that is everything he says he is according to his good word? Do you believe everything that Jesus says you can become? Do you believe that today? You see, you've got to be all in. If Jesus said it, you can be it. He didn't die in vain. He died for you and me, not just for heaven. If that was the case, you would die right, right then. He would say, okay, you give yourself to Jesus, go to heaven. Go to heaven. Saved, go to heaven. But it's not that way. He says, I will save you. Why? Because I'm going to use you now. All along, you were misguided. All along, you're on the wrong path. But today, because you said yes to me, you will do what I have called you to do ever since birth. We believe in a plan, don't we? We just spoke about that today. Is there a plan in your life? Has God got it all laid out? You see, he said it, now do it. He said it for every one of us. Now, you may not know exactly today what that might look like. Now, I'm not sure, Lord, but I guarantee it. You stay close to him in his word, in prayer, and you stay close to those around you. Lord, I know you do. He will show you. We should never be asking God, what is your will? That's a ridiculous question. It really is, because it says in his Bible. He says, I know those three things he says. Pray continually. Rejoice in all things. Well, I don't know about you, that, that's not easy to do. Is it? He says, this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. But anyway, that's a different, that's a different topic. I want to go into this real quick. You see those lovely pictures we did? We did this on youth night. And it's not, it doesn't matter whose they are. <laughs> 
You may be looking right in there thinking, well, I like that one. Oh, that one's really good. No, that, that one there needs a little help. Oh, no, look at that one there. You know, we did something in youth group. It was wonderful. We just, we had Emily. Emily's here today. Emily, thank you for coming today. Emily's very gifted. You'll probably pick hers out like this. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hang on. But she sat down and she took some time and she was starting to teach us how to draw out. We had the right, we had all the right equipment. We had a piece of paper. But you know what happened? By the end of the night, we started to compare. And everybody's looking at Emily's going. And you look at yours going. <laughs> I won't tell you a name, but there was one that said, turned it over. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to try. Now, if you're a drawer in here, good for you. If you're a stick person, you, that's all you can do. Well, you can relate to this. Have you ever seen someone do something amazing? You look at that going, whoa. And then all of a sudden you say, oh. And you start to feel a little less, a little less. Because we start to compare. Why do we do that? Why, why do? They said they took a, a kindergarten class. And they asked the question, who in here feels that an artist? Do you know how many hands went up? All of them. And all they could do is sticks. I'm an artist. They took the same class in high school. They asked the same question. How many people in this class think they're an artist? Three. Now, what's that tell you? What do we fill our minds with? Who has convinced you who Jesus is? Are you stuck in a place where I just can't, I can't, who, but he, who, but she, that, I, I just, and you're stuck in all this comparison. Well, I should have, I could have. And before you know it, you missed it. You're sitting there going, I just don't get it. And then you start to run after things you think God is. He might be over, well, he's, I think he's over here. Isn't he? Oh, he's over, over here. But God's over here. No, we're, he's here. Stop running. Stop running. He says, I created you. He had a plan for you. The plan... The Bible says it's a plan to prosper you, not to bring harm. A plan for a future and a hope. You look at the word plan. You think? What, what is God? When God thinks, he just doesn't think. Well, I think upon you. He establishes for you. It is a done deal. You say, well, he, well God thinks towards me. Look at the word up. You and I think. God doesn't think like we think. The Bible says his ways are much higher than our ways. He doesn't think like me. He says, I have thought, I have thought you. I've known you. I don't need to think about you. I know you, and I've created you to do this. Surrender. Quit comparing. Who's the masterpiece here? Is it the one on paper, or is this in your heart? I've created a masterpiece. I love it. And we got into the word right after that. Now, of course, there's Emily. You, you, you guys picked it out. It was stunning, actually. It was. She might have worked on it 10 minutes, if that. I mean, it was just like, Emily, you're amazing. You, you can do great things. We, we, we can recognize on paper what God is going to use you to do. Now, do you know something? We don't need paper, do we? But thank you for what you did there. It's, that is quite amazing. And, and we brought up the scripture, Ephesians 2.10. Here's what my plan is. I, I want to teach 
what youth and adults learn together. Is, is that a good plan? Do you know why? Because we need to talk about God's word at home. I mean, we, we, we don't want to say, well, well, students, what did you learn? And, and try to figure out what they're learning. And adults, what are you learning? I feel that God is leading me personally to be a better st- instructor for my children. That means I want to know what they're learning so I can help. So I feel in this season right now, let's just do things together for a while. Let's see what God can do in the midst of this church. When youth, young people, and old people, I'm saying old because of me, I'm up on the stage. I know there's some older and some younger. But as wisdom, men and women of wisdom, does that sound better? Men and women of wisdom and young people. Why don't we teach one another? The Bible says to make disciples, be a mentor, seek counsel. And so we have to learn together. Let's grow together. Let's talk about his word at home and see what happens. Anybody here like to see a little bit change at home? Now, you're all in church now. So it's church time. Take off all the fakeness. Get real. Who here would like to see a change at home? Now, if I'm going to raise my hand, I can have some volunteers with us. Those who don't have their hands raised, stand up. seriously every time you're in god's word have you ever sat down with people i got a saturday class we get deeper in god's word everybody's invited 10 o'clock we get deeper and i love it when people start to talk they say well look this one goes to this verse here and they start to talk about that verse and all of a sudden it starts getting deeper everybody's getting their shovels out man getting deeper it's like wow god's word is always good do you know you can learn something from god's word every time you read it if you think you know it because when pride sets in, the fall is coming. We don't know. Obviously, we can get deeper. Why don't we get deeper together? Ephesians 4.10. We, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Isn't that good? So you were created for good works. Why? Workmanship, God's hands. You know, you take that word, you look it up in the Greek, and you find this. A thing made by God. Okay, that sounds pretty good. That's in the Greek. Now, let's look at the thoris. What's the thoris say? Synonyms, artwork, craft, design, expertise, handicraft, handiwork, know-how, skill, skillfulness. Now, do you see a difference between God's word and man's word? Do you see a difference in God's word and man's word? Yes or no? Yes. So, where do you go with that scripture? Now, can you, camp, can you keep on God's path here and read that and say, we are his workmanship and understand what workmanship really means? Or do we find ourselves in the book of the Thoris? You know, the book of the Thoris is going to keep you comparing. Well, look at that drawing there. That's amazing. Look at that clay object. That's just amazing. Look at this painting. That's just, that's just amazing. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't do that. And God says, I have made you. You see, he don't make failures. He makes nobody that's incompetent. He makes you perfect, fearfully and wonderfully. So let's try to renew our minds here, okay? God, your word says this, for we are his. We are his. He made you. He did. What kind of potential is that? God made you. 
which means to me, has nothing to do with skill and artwork or any of that stuff. He can use you to do something with that. Sure, Emily, he can do that. You can create a lion or you can say, wow, that's incredible. She did the Jesus picture on the wall over there. That's amazing. And I've got a light on there. You see, as you come in, it kind of glows. This is Jesus. That's what we think we, in our minds and hearts. Incredible work. That gives him glory. But you and I don't always, we don't draw the same way. So what has he done with you? What has God made in you to accomplish great things? Good things, it calls it. Good works. It's there. He's done it. I, that's what I love about his word. I don't have to compare. Well, I should be because he's, no, he says, Jim, today, just quit thinking and be who I've made you to be. Let's go before that scripture. See, I just love that one. That's like a pow. I want to go a little bit before that just to get us on the right platform. It says in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, but God. If there's a but God, there's probably something said before that, that you need him. Okay, if you're in the word of God and you see but God, you're thinking, yes, because something happened before that that didn't give a whole lot of credit to us. It probably find a mess in the word, and some of us are in that mess. Okay, so get ready. This is good. This is God's word. But God, being rich in mercy. What is mercy? You not getting what God says you deserve. Well, that's good stuff. I love it when God says mercy on me. Man, if he, if he would just do what I deserve, bye-bye. His mercy. Isn't it a wonderful word? His mercy. He says, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Because of his great love, because God is love, because of his great love, he has mercy. From love comes mercy. Here it is. Even when we were, what's the word? Dead. If you'd have been here with my plants, you, when I first brought them in, I even brought one right up here, and the leaves are falling off. We're looking, going, oh, dear, bad. I don't know if they're going to come back. I won't tell you what we did to them. If you want to give us a gift of planting, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure what it'll look like in a week, okay? I don't know why. Sue, did you just give us that? That is gorgeous. <laughs> Sue, that is gorgeous. Take a picture now. <laughs> it looks good now. Now, if we want this to, lo to, to live, we, we are going to leave it here, and you all water it, and what, what, yes, but thank you, Sue. That was very nice. Um, we, we will take good care of it. Okay. It's still standing. There is something wrong with my hands and my wife's hands. I don't know. Everything dies in plants, but it's okay. I brought them here. Look what happens. Jesus takes care of them. Dead. Who's been Dead. 
Bible calls dead completely without life. Void of life. Do you know you and I, without Jesus, we were absolutely, completely void of all life. None. But God. In our transgression, what does transgression mean? It really means to fall away. To, to, and it doesn't ne necessarily mean we're trying to. It doesn't mean like, God, I just hate them. I'm going to walk away. It says that even in our minds, we don't even know that we're stepping out of his plan. Transgression. Even in our death, even in a time that you walk so far from him. He says, I still know you, Jim. And I'm walking with you. Even when you're dead, I die for you. You see, that's the kind of Jesus I know. He didn't give up on me. He didn't give up on you. Don't be walking dead. Don't be walking dead. Jesus says, I have a plan. It starts today. You have got to make the decision today. I will follow him. I'm all in. I'm all in, Jesus. And with that, I know that I have life. Because life only comes from him dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. To me, there's just so much meaning. People read that so quickly and think, I got this. You don't got nothing. See, there's just so much in there. By grace, you have been saved. Grace is favor. It's God's favor saying, you don't deserve this, but I'm still giving it. You see, what we deserve is not mercy. We deserve death. And God says, no, no. Because of my love, I have mercy. I give you mercy when you deserve death. And I give you grace when you don't deserve it. You are not good enough. You are never good enough. I was never good enough to deserve it. I don't get it. I should never get it. Because he loved me and because I surrender. You see? If you don't surrender your life, you're done. You may think you can manage life, but you can't. Give it up. Totally today. Walk. You are dead, and you don't even know it. Some of you are going like this. You're walking away from a path of righteousness. And you say, I've got it. i got it. I don't understand. And you are right now in transgression. And you don't even know it. It's God's word. It's, he's calling you. He's calling all of us to a place that we understand. Don't walk away. Don't be dead. Don't be walking dead. He has saved you by grace, and he's got more for you. The word saved means to be rescued from destruction and bought into divine safety. God's rescuing believers from a penalty, the power of sin, and into his provisions, safety. That is saved. Can you tell me today that you are saved by the grace of God? You saved by the grace of God. Do you really understand what it means to be saved by his grace? Get that in here. I am saved. Get it down in your heart. I am saved. By his grace, Ephesians 2, 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him, Christ Jesus, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay right here because it's so important you understand what he does with us. You see, he says, I love it when he, we surrender. Jesus, take my life. I just want to say, take the wheel. Take my life. Take it. And he says, okay, I've got it. Now I'm going to tell you what I do with you. 
You may think differently. You may find yourself comparing to all these people. I'm going to tell you what I do with you when you say yes to me. I will take you and I will place you in position with the Son of God. I will take you and put you in position and a place with him. It says to be seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Now, I've got good news for you. Heavenly places is a big word. Some of us don't even know where that is. He says, you say yes to me, I will sanctify you, right? Give you a new name. Sure, all those things that Jesus does. But he says, I will take you right where you are. Does it say to have to clean up first? Do I have to do anything right? Do I have to compare myself to Joe over here? Got a wonderful masterpiece. Do I have to compare it with him? No, he says, Jim, I will take you right now based on your surrendered heart. Don't worry about comparing yourself. Quit it. Quit thinking. I will take you right there, and I will take you to a place positionally now. You can't do that. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't pray enough for it. Only way you get there is that God says, I will raise you up. And I will place you in heavenly, in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to look at something. This is what the word says, not me. Ephesians 1, 3 says this. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in where? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to know something. What happens in heavenly places? All, all spiritual blessings are found there. Now, to me, there's something to learn here. You say yes to Jesus. Don't start to transgress. Well, he said Jesus is like this. This person says Jesus is like this. And you're doing this. I want you to know something. You say yes to Jesus, get in your word today. And you learn what Jesus says he is. And then you stay right in his path. And you're not transgressing over to something you want to see. You don't want someone to tickle your ears. Right? We want to know what Jesus says we are. And we're going to step in it. He says, I will take you and I will put you with Jesus in heavenly places. And guess what you're going to find there? You're going to find all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. You want to even better yet? You read Ephesians 6. Talks about the war. Some of you are beat up because you're not allowing God to position you in every spiritual blessing. So what do you where do you want to walk? You want to walk over here because someone says something sweet, you want to tickle your ears, or you want to stay maintain in God's word, saying, I must do what he tells me to do. And he tells me I do it because I know his promise. I want a spiritual blessing today. What must I do? I must be seated with. I may surrender. I can't be pushed around. I must surrender my life completely. So he takes me and he seats me with Christ Jesus. And in there is every spiritual blessing that I'll ever need in my life. Because all is found there. And we go back to Ephesians 2.7. So that in the ages to come, he, being Christ Jesus, might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us. You want to make God bring his best to you? You be seated with his son. You be seated with his son, Jesus. 
not listening to what you want to listen to or who has this message for you or this direction. You stay focused to what his word is telling you. Focus. And he says, there, the surpassing riches of his grace and his kindness towards you in me, in Christ Jesus. Lastly, it says, for by grace you have been saved, once again, by faith, through faith, and that no, none, not ourselves, you can't earn this, you can't build it up, and not, and I'm sorry, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not as results of works, so that no man, no one, no man, woman can ever boast. You see, it's a gift. He wants to give it to you and me. Daily decision, daily decision. Who are you? Who do you say that I am? You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Walk according to that. Be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In there is found every spiritual blessing for your life. Lead your families. Lead your children. Talk about it. What you learned tonight, or today, this morning, I should say, is what your children are learning in youth. Talk to them about it. What does it mean for them at 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age? What does it mean to them? This we just learned today. Talk to them about the word. Open up your heart. Let your children know who it is they represent. So no man can boast in Christ Jesus, for he's so good. How much time do we have? Can I show a short video? Then we can get into some music. Can I do that, honey? I want you to listen here. Here's a woman that I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you today. And I want you to learn what surrender is. See, you can't, crust, you, you can't trust Jesus without surrender. Trust is surrender. If you trust Jesus today, you surrender to him. So listen to this, I want you to know, trust is found in this video. The first 10 years of my life were incredibly challenging um, because when I was 18 months old, I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. So the doctors decided that the only way I was truly going to be able to survive was amputating my left leg. Since I was diagnosed with cancer at such a young age and the treatment that I was given really takes a toll on your body and a lot of women can't have children after that and I was one of those women. For the first time in my life, I think it hit me, and uh, I really understood that I was going to be missing out on something that I had dreamed about my entire life. I was always afraid that no man would accept me in a way that a wife wants to be accepted, physically, you know, intimately. Whoops, I did that by touching it. Sorry. Let me, let me go back here just a second. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Sorry. The first 10 years of my life were incredibly challenging um, because when I was 18 months old, I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. So the doctors decided that the only way I was truly going to be able to survive was amputating my left leg. 
Since I was diagnosed with cancer at such a young age and the treatment that I was given really takes a toll on your body and a lot of women can't have children after that and I was one of those women. For the first time in my life I think it hit me and uh, I really understood that I was going to be missing out on something that I had dreamed about my entire life. I was always afraid that no man would accept me in a way that a wife wants to be accepted physically, you know, intimately. That was a huge deal for me because I was now dating this man who we were talking about marriage and looking at him and knowing that I lacked something that he wanted was detrimental to the way that I saw myself. My husband and I were married and on the fourth month, I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. In the fifth month of my pregnancy, I was told by a doctor that I had a heart condition that was um, critical and that if I did not abort my child, that it would claim my life. I have never felt so confused, so bitter, so afraid in that moment because I was terrified. I didn't want to die. And this is my child, and I knew that it was my duty to protect her the way that the Lord had sheltered me and protected me for so long against everything that the world had thrown at me. And so we decided that we were keeping Ellie, my daughter, even if that meant me not being alive. We were going to trust God every single minute of every day. You know, the months follow, and I get bigger and bigger, and Ellie kicks stronger and stronger, and uh, we have her, and she's healthy and it was wonderful. It was the most amazing day of my life because I saw a miracle that I was told would never happen come true. And then two days later, I was trying to go to sleep and I felt like I was suffocating. And so I called my doctor and she said, you need to come in right now. She looked at me and she said, Jordan, you're going into heart failure. I felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath me. I had this beautiful child, I have this home, I have this husband, and now it's gone. Me being able to watch her grow into the woman that I wanted was gone. And I remember I was at church one Sunday and I was feeling weak and I just threw my hands up and I said, are you listening to me? Do you hear me? I am asking you for help and you are silent. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm going to keep allowing things to happen until you trust me. Are we there yet? And about two weeks ago, I was sitting on this couch and I got a phone call from a doctor and he said, Jordan, your heart is healing and we don't know why. And now I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I've seen too much of him to not trust him. I feel like he's brought me to a place of surrender, of peace, that my trust looks a lot like that. It looks a lot like surrender. I trust him because 